Mano! Vamos ficar jadeada. Ah, vamos lá! Hey, we did it. We did it. We survived. This is episode 5 of Jaded. It's coming out on Easter, so happy Easter, everyone who's religious or anyone who loves chocolate. That's what it's about, right? Easter is just... I guess it's like when Christ was reborn, but it's really just about shoving chocolate in your face and being like, well, they told me to. All these holidays that are made up are the best. My mom was always really, really good about making like everything really special. She used to do this thing like whenever I lost a tooth, she would, um, you know, make like a little letter as if it was from the fairy and it was all like glittery. And for Easter, she would do this thing where she would spill flour over and then put little bunny footsteps everywhere so it really felt like there was like this bunny on the loose hiding chocolate is that funny the things we remember as kids and we're like yeah that's a real memory like i remember my dad telling me that i was tiny enough to live in his pocket and i almost i, I felt like there was like a memory i had i was like i was so tiny that i lived in my dad's pocket oh guys i just want to take a second to say thank you to everyone who's been listening i know it's been a little bit all over the place but you know we're figuring it out as we go it is such a journey Nobody tells you. I'm thinking I'm just going to show up and spit into a mic. But guess what? It takes so much more than that. So thank you guys for supporting me through this whole adventure. You know, we're trying to get up there. We're trying to be a podcast that people like and listen to on the weekly. And I hope you're listening to this on your way to work or wherever you go, wherever you tell your family you're going. And that it's enjoyable. It lifts you up. E todo mundo brasileiro que tá ouvindo, obrigado. You'll never know what I said in Portuguese. No, I'm just kidding. I'll tell you. I'll probably put captions on there. Today's caffeine is also from Hey Hey, but I switched it up. You know, you can't, I'm not that person that's like, I'll have a number four every time. No, not me. I like to switch it up. This one is a green tea mango and mm, it tastes like perfume, but it's doing its job. I don't like floral flavors, you know, where it's like lavender, like, no, thank you. I don't want to eat flowers. I just want to smell them. But I've been, you know, really thinking about you know, uh, being a woman in comedy specifically. And this is something I did not want to talk about for a long time because, you know, I've always looked at women who spoke out about being mistreated as like, they're being naggy. They want the attention. And finally, I've come to terms with um, my own inner misogyny. Okay, this is how I got there. Let me let me back it up. I've had an obsession with Queer Eye for the Straight Guy since it first came out. I think it came out like in the 90s or early 2000s. If you haven't seen Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, it's like five gay guys that come and help these, you know, straight cis males do these makeovers. And now they're opening it up and, you know, doing women and doing all these things. But And they had a reboot of it. And let me tell you, any show that's like several gay men with any kind of special but like good skills at anything, I'm a sucker for it. Because it makes people realize, you know, that they need a little help sometimes in their life. And one of the episodes, um, I'm sorry, let me back up. They also have another show called Say I Do, where these gay men help these people have a wedding, okay? I don't really, I don't love weddings. It's not my thing. I used to love them, but then I, my heart was broken and it just turned everything dark. But they help these people get married. And one of the couples was these two gay guys. And one of the gay guys was closeted. And he didn't want to be gay because all of his associations with being gay were negative. He didn't think that gay people were strong. He didn't think that, you know, gay people could kiss in public. And he felt this real inner shame. And he realized that he had this inner homophobia for himself. You know, for so long when your family is going, gay people don't exist, gay people aren't right, you start to feel those things. You start to feel like you're not right and you're invisible. And I realized that for a long time, like, 
women in comedy, I kind of looked at them as a lower form as well. And so I realized that I looked at myself as a lower form. And how can I expect an entire audience of people to be home listening to me and supporting me when I myself have like a little bit of hate for myself? And by a little bit of hate, I mean a whole lot of hate. And I realized that, you know, just growing up with comedy, I just wanted to be a part of the boys club. And there's nothing wrong with that, okay? The boys club, there's good men out there. I'm not saying that all men are shitty. But having this discussion with men, I think, stresses them out because they don't want to be at fault. You know, they don't want to be part of the problem. But there is so much systemic uh, misogyny within comedy. It's almost hard to make it go away because for a long time, it's just like, you don't want to be on the girl show. Girls suck. But I really, I don't want to feel that way anymore. I want us to go like, no, women are good and women are strong. And I want to be on the girl show. I want to be a female comic and not cringe every time somebody goes, this next female comedy comic coming to the stage. I can barely talk. I'm so caffeinated. I don't even know what camera I'm looking at. I'm like cross-eyed. Like, But I'm just starting to like kind of want to be braver about this subject matter and, you know, talk about my experiences. They weren't easy. I mean, for a long time, it was just like, I just, I got really lucky that I worked here. That's the only way I think I could have gotten in. I mean, I started, I, I ate shit so much that you know, I don't expect people to be like, oh, she was good right away. But I I do want people to know like, hey, if you're a woman, don't get discouraged just because it's a little harder for us because ultimately when you get to the top, you'll know that you had to work that much harder to get there. And I'm going to start working on not hating women so much on my own. And this is why I think we started to hate each other, okay? One, there's not enough spots for women. There's not. I don't care how much men go like, well, but there's not enough women coming out and uh, women aren't putting in to you know, get spots. Women feel rejected before they even try. Well, I don't know if all women do, but for me, like, I feel rejected sometimes and I don't even want to try. If it feels too much like it's a boys club, I'm like, I don't even, I want to save myself the rejection. So one, there needs to be more spots for women because guess what? If there's only two spots on a show for women, I'm not going to fucking help another woman out. I'm going to get that spot for myself. I'm sorry. Like, and other women should too. So if there was more spots, we would not be as competitive with each other, perhaps. You know what I mean? So like women supporting women is number one. Like there's trolls out there. Like there's these dudes that say really dirty stuff to me. And it's like expected from dudes in a way. But when I see women hitting on other women, it's like, come on, bro. Who hurt you? Like take that inner hate and shove it in your into your pussy. I really got to start pre-writing more stuff for this podcast, you guys. I, I want to go on free thought, but sometimes I'm scared of myself. I'm scared of the stuff that comes out of my mouth. Okay, number two, women need to stop blaming men for all this stuff. It's up to us to make a difference, okay? We got to support each other. Like, hey, maybe women should take more women out on the road. I take a couple women out. They're hard to follow because they're fucking great and we have similar bits. But I think it's up to us to kind of change the mentality and go, it's not up to them to make us look cool or sound cool or feel cool or feel validated. It's up to us. So join me in this movement of stopping hating ourselves. Does that make sense? Does any of this make sense, Sam? Yeah. 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 Yeah, and hopefully there's a shift and hopefully, you know, once clubs open up, more women will feel comfortable and like, dude comics, guess what? A female comic isn't hanging out with you to fuck you. I mean, she ultimately probably will because she'll get bored and think it'll help her, but there's not. The best thing I ever did was start comedy with a boyfriend. Like having a boyfriend just kept me in a weird safe zone of like, you could try, but it ain't gonna happen. 
but it's a new development and I really want to let go of all my preconceived notions of female comics and female comedy. I don't know where it started, but I'm sick of it. And I have this weird Stockholm syndrome where I don't know if you guys um, feel this way, if any woman feels this way, but you know, there's all these dudes that don't agree with me, that don't want to hear my story about it, that are like, no, no, it's fine, it's fine, you know? And I defend them. I have this weird Stockholm syndrome for these bros that have like put me down all these years and I'm like, no, but he didn't know better or like he had a tough childhood. And it's like, stop making excuses for other people that treat you like shit just because you want them to like you. Like, guess what? I don't care if people like me anymore. I'm just kidding. Please, please like me. Please subscribe to my Patreon. <laughs> I think that's when things turn, when you stop giving a fuck. Honestly, like what other people think about you is none of your goddamn business. My friend told me that once. That's like a, that's like a religious thing. Just like, you know, it's a spiritual thing. Stop caring what people think about you, which is so hard because my entire dependency of doing well is people liking me and people laughing at me. It's just a twisted thing. Like I want people to respect me and yet I need them to laugh at me in order for me to succeed. Stand-up is such a weird mind fuck, you guys. And you know, you think as a stand-up, everyone gets it and everyone understands what it's like to get up there, but they don't. You know, I think that public speaking is one of people's biggest fears. I read this thing once that it was like more, people are less scared of like a shark attack or dying in a plane crash than speaking publicly. And the fact that, you know, there's women out there even brave enough to say what they've gone through is so fucking great. I mean, you know, I don't mean to make this podcast about like, oh, women abuse, but it's got to shift. I mean, even as kids, I, all of my friends that I've talked to, all of my friends, all their earliest sexual experiences were like kind of rapey. And it's like, how is that? Because cool? we just want to be liked and we want to be accepted. So we're like, I guess, I guess I'll suck his dick. Don't suck dicks, you guys, until you want to. Okay. Just do it when you want to. And if they don't like you, too fucking bad. Anybody who's like still cool from their high school days and their high school things, it's like they're fucking losers. So just move on. But God, I just, I've just been loving, loving feelings lately. And I don't care. I'm not sorry for it. I like feeling feelings. And these like queer eye for the straight guy, say I do type of shows, that is cry porn for me. I don't know if anybody else is into this, but sometimes I just need to put something on and cry so ugly. Just, uh-huh, uh-huh. Sometimes I'll look at myself in the mirror when I'm crying. I'm not going to lie. That's such a narcissistic thing to say. But I just need to see my own pain. And I look so fucking ugly when I cry. I love people that just have this kind of cry face where they're like, and then just one single tear runs down their face. Just, ahida. Made me think of that. Heather Hanley, if you're listening to this, which I know you're not, but if you are, I love you. You're my everything. She played Aida on Broadway 21 years ago, like three days ago, to the day. Ah, oh, man, I love these men makeover shows too because you get to see how little these men have to go through to just get ready. Like, I mean, just getting out of the house for us to be human beings, we have to do so much stuff as, you know, people who identify as women. Like, there's so many steps, you know? Like, when I get up, I, you know, just, I crimp my eyebrows. I crimp my eyelashes, I mean. Like, I have to, like, like I take a metal thing to my face, and I, like, just so in case, you know, if I leave the house without my eyelashes curled, God forbid, I won't make it. It's important to do these things. I just want to, like, I just want to give up with all that stuff. I just want to not care at all. Just fucking fuck it. Just give it up. 
men barely have to do anything. I, I feel like this podcast is just turning to me complaining about men, but right now that's how I feel. So I'm just going to go with the feeling. Watch, I'm going to get a son. That's what I'm going to get. You know, you always get the thing that teaches you the most about yourself. And I'm going to have a son who's like into sports and stuff, which is my biggest nightmare. <laughs> People are scared their kids will have disease or, you know, have some kind of, uh, I don't know, disability. And I'm like, I hope my kid doesn't like sports because I won't know what to say. That's my stomach growling. I've only eaten a boiled egg today. So you're welcome. But these makeover shows are so funny because like it just takes such a minimal amount of time for a dude to get ready. And my biggest pet peeve is when men, when men wear sandals. Like, I don't want to be able to see your toes, dude. I, you know what? I love like a, I love like a leather sandal that's like a little dressier. You know what I mean? Like very Greek, but just random sandals when we're not anywhere close to the beach, sir, put away your feet. And you know, you're not getting pedicures. My perfect man would have no toes. He would like not really be able to walk. He would just like stumble towards me and I'd be like, come here, come to me, come to me. I wonder how men feel about their toes. By the way, if you haven't gotten your toes sucked, I recommend it. I thought it was like a gross thing, but like just post shower. Have I talked about this? Post shower, just like somebody just just a little lick to the toes. It's important and it makes you feel special. On this Easter Sunday, make sure you lick your ladies' toes, everyone. I thought that every episode I could shout out a woman's brand because, you know, why not? I'm like trying to support women. I'm trying to shift my own mind about hating women. So uh, shout out to Isley New York. They did this really cool necklace and they sent it, sent it to me, some earrings. I love it. This woman has a child and she's running a company. That is fucking crazy. You're running a company while milk is pouring out of your nipple. You can do this. We can do anything. Women are so powerful. Just not comedy. They're just not as good as men for comedy. I mean, that does, that can't be right. That can't be right. I'm just sick of it. You know, what? why do we feel like we need to be liked? Where does that come from? Maybe it all starts in school and how they do public schooling, right? Like you're taught to have to get good grades and to compete with other people. We're never taught like mindfulness. We're never taught, you know, teamwork. I mean, sometimes you get partnered up with someone and, you know, you just cheat off their homework or whatever. But like you never told that like, mindfulness is important that like breathing i wish i went to school and i learned one how to do my taxes two how to invest three how to wax my body properly <laughs> and four you know work with other people and like help other people versus feeling competitive with other people all the time i mean do you guys ever do this you wake up and you're feeling good you're like mm, i got enough sleep and then you open up your Instagram and you see somebody's like su successful thing. And instead of being like, fuck, yeah, it's possible. I could do that too. You go, oh, my God, no, I haven't achieved that. I'm a piece of garbage. I should go, you know, and then you're just stuck in bed for the rest of the day. My thing is like, if I don't get out of bed right away, like within the first 10 minutes, it's over. The depression monster literally gets to me and it's like and I'm just out and I'm just looking at Instagram the whole day. Later in life, we're going to figure out that social media is fucking us up, you guys. P.S. I'm a brand new auntie. Give it up for me. Can we put an applause here? Ah, thank you. Thank you. Um, it's the most exciting thing that's ever happened to me. My little sister had a baby. Her name is Amelia, but I call her Peach because that's the name I wanted. So I'm going to enforce that. <laughs> and it's been the most exciting thing ever. She's so tiny. She came out of my sister. 
And now that it's like I have a baby niece, even more reason to change my mind, to shift my mind about what kind of a woman I want to be and what kind of an example I want to make. Isn't that funny how you get a, you make a baby and then you're like, now I, now I don't want to be a piece of shit anymore. It's time. I wish I just didn't give a shit about what other people thought or what other people felt. I feel like I'm empathetic, too overly empathetic, and I don't use it enough for my benefit. I just like, oh. like if I see, I saw a stray dog once, we made eye contact and I couldn't catch it and it like, it crushed my heart for the rest of the day. It crushed my heart. And people who buy dogs, that really crushes me. Because, you know, I sold this one from a friend. That's what you should do. You should, you should either adopt or steal your dog from a friend. You shouldn't buy a dog. And I know people do it and it's okay. It happens. And, you know, in a way you're saving them from the breeders. But just try not to, try not to buy a dog. There's so many stray dogs out there. And now people's dogs are getting stolen. That's fucking crazy. Lady Gaga got her dog stolen a few weeks ago. It's like, who is stealing dogs? Is it a gang initiation thing? It's like, yo, bro, tonight, you better steal three dogs or you ain't part of this gang. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? Can't he prove himself in another way? Like, I don't know, slashing someone's tires or like shanking someone? By the way, I always thought that shanking meant I, I thought that shanking meant when you pull somebody's pants down, like that was the term in Virginia. And I pulled someone's pants down. Joe Peebles, by the way. I'm so sorry, Joe. Uh, we haven't talked in years, but you were my buddy. Um, I pulled his pants down in gym class and like everything was out. He wasn't wearing underwear. And it was when like guys wore mesh shorts and you could just see their dicks like all the time. <laughs> like I miss when guys just wear mesh shorts. I love an outline of a dude's dicks. Great. But um. I pulled his mesh shorts down and he wasn't wearing anything and everyone saw his dick and stuff. And it was embarrassing and horrifying. Obviously, it's not what I meant to do. You know when you pull a prank or you do something and then right away you're like, I regret this. So that was one of the moments. And I pulled his pants down and I went to the principal's office and he was like, what happened? And I go, well, I shanked Joe. And he was like, what do you mean? You shanked Joe. I was like, I pulled his pants down and everyone saw and he was like, oh, Jesus. Okay, good. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's not that bad. Don't do that again. I was like, okay. <laughs> but shanking it's like one of those prison terms i've been obsessed with people's prison tiktoks first of all how are you allowed to have a phone how are guards not catching this people are making these full tiktoks about how to like make a meal in jail like you know you you crush this and you make that and you like take ramen mix and you and it's like they're making like gourmet prison meals and and then you know people have full relationships in jail through the toilets where they'll like take all the shit water out of their little toilet roll up a magazine and they'll talk to them like through the toilet and they won't even know what they look each other looks like but you know it's a whole new it's like farmersonly.com but for people who are incarcerated <laughs> that's got to be a trip you come out of jail and it's like covid and you're like, what the fuck is going on? You had no idea that this was happening. And all of a sudden you're like, put me back in jail. Like, I don't want to be out here. And P.S. I have gotten half vaccinated. Ding, 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 ding. And I feel like I've got that vaccination confidence. The other day I went to get my dog's teeth cleaned and I just stepped right up to the woman. The woman was like, oh God, Jesus. You know, but I just feel like now I can't die. Or can I? I don't know. Please tell me I can't die. I don't want to stay up all night today just thinking about it. 
I would love to just step into somebody else's shoes for a second just to see how peaceful and or crazier their brain is. Like, I want to do a Freaky Friday with someone who's just real chill just to see what that feels like. Also, can we not make another remake of Freaky Friday? We get it. I love that they come up with a different way that it happens every time. Like, this time the spirit's aligned and, you know, or the moon was like at the right spot or it was magic. Like, I miss movies like that, that were just like about the dumbest things. Like, don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. What a great fucking movie. I still remember, I kept thinking about like, oh, the babysitter's in that box. They never really revisit that. Like they killed the, they didn't kill the babysitter. The babysitter like died of old age, we think. But like everything is so sensitive now that we can't even make jokes on like such specific things. I don't know how I want it to be. I just want, I just want us to make jokes that don't hurt people. That's all I wanted to be. Like we can be funny and not be mean, right? Is that possible? No, I'm just kidding. Fucking asshole. Put this in the montage of me sipping my drinks. Perfect. I just have 20 minutes of me sipping my drinks being like, how much time do I have left? By the time this episode airs, I will have done my very first road gig back. And you know what? I'm fucking frightened. I'm scared. Shows are getting better. It's fun to get up on your feet and have your stage legs slowly come back to you. Like jokes just slowly come back to you and you're like, oh, there it is. You know, people that don't do stand up. I don't know if your brain happens this way, but I was talking to another stand up with this. Uh, Steve Martin wrote about this in his book. When you're a stand-up, your brain completely splits in two when you're on stage. And, you know, not bipolar, but just splits in two. One half of your brain is totally on stage and watching everything that everyone is doing, you know, looking at people's tits and, you know, making jokes about that. And then your other half of your brain is like way ahead of time. It's like, what's the next joke? Like, how am I going to close this up? Like, how do I get off the horse, you know? And it's so crazy because I think my brain does that in regular in regular life where like I don't know if I'm ever really present, you know? I wish I was just more in the moment. Recommend me things that you guys do to become more in the moment besides like smoking weed all day every day, which I can't do it. I would be high right now, but then I couldn't think of anything and my eyes would look like shit. I get one lazy eye. I'm just like this. Like if I if I'm tired, I'm like like half of my school pictures you can tell that I'm just like this. And having an immigrant mom didn't help with that, you know, cause she'd be like, your eyes ugly. <laughs> I'd be like, okay, let's go fix it. My mom was a total hypochondriac. I think that's where I get it from too. You know, I just like, I just get these voices in my head and it's like, if you don't clean this, you're gonna die. So next time I make you take your shoes off when you get into my house, just know that it's not because I don't like you. It's just because the demons tell me to. Somebody told me that they named their anxiety. They'll go like, no, Judith, not today, Judith, <laughs> you know? But it's crazy because it's like, what, what do you trust then if you can't trust your thoughts? Like, do you think your thoughts and your gut fight within yourself? They're like, no, think this, no, think that. This episode was really supposed to be about, you know, breaking apart the patriarchy and misogyny. But guess what? Maybe I'm not ready for that. Maybe I'm scared of the change. Maybe I'm scared of having a voice because I don't really know what the fuck I want to say anyway. How's everybody doing today, by the way? I haven't asked. Oh, and by this point also, my Patreon page is up. It's really exciting. We had our very first Patreon sign in. Pew, 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 pew. 
And you know, we want to get it to a point where we're making our own videos and making our own shit and it just comes directly to you. Just directly into your feed from my feed. And that way we can be virtually connected, 69ing in a virtual world. I found this artist that does all this like scissoring art, which is so fun. None of my lesbian friends say they scissor. Isn't that like a sad, sad story? You know, a lot of them have dogs and get together very quickly and all those stereotypes are true, but then no scissoring, no tribbing. People don't even know what tribbing is. I, I think the dictionary definition of tribbing is like just clit on clit, you know? But a lot of women that are together don't do it. And I'm like, do it. Honestly, if they would let me like roll myself against a tree, I would do it. Should we cut that? <laughs> there is a thing that people are horny for trees. That is, what is that called? I'm going to put it down here when we figure it out. Something. Well, you know what? Shout out to all those tree fuckers out there. I'm proud of you. Become one with nature. Good for you. The last time I did mushrooms, you guys know what happened. I broke my tailbone and was like depressed for six months. So I'm just going to keep on taking mushrooms, but not going to tube at the same time as I do mushrooms. But I'll save my mushroom stories for the next app. If you guys hang on tight, there'll be lots of mushroom stories coming on. But I guess the lesson in today, in today's podcast lesson, if you're a woman, let's help each other a little more. Let's support other women, whether you're like highlighting female brands or just like not talking shit about your friends to each other. That's another thing. Like we feed on gossip. You know, gossip is so exciting. Tea, spill it. I want it. We like, we like gossip. I love gossip. I mean, I, I want to hate on it because I think it creates a lot of negativity and a lot of like tension between people. But I just want to know everything at all times. And if you don't want me to know something, I want to know even more. That's why I'm trying to just be an open book. I almost wish that there would be like a leaked photo of my vagina out there just so I could be like, yeah, that's it. It's not that different from everybody else's. It's like, that's it. You've seen it. Can we just like move on now? By the way, I had no idea really how to use Reddit or how to be on Reddit. And I went on Reddit the other day and whoever is doing my Reddit stuff, thank you. I didn't know that there were so many half-naked photos of myself on the internet. And I am proud of it because as you know, I'm a dedicated Zumba person <laughs> and I do Zumba hard. But hopefully things are changing and the world is shifting towards a more equal place. Also, if you're a misogynist or a racist or anti-Semitic or any of those things, I hope that tomorrow morning when you wake up, you have a pube in your mouth and you can't find it. It's like one of those phantom pubes from hell that one's revenge and you're just all day you feel it uh, uh, where is it can't find it and the the only way that you get rid of it is when you stop the hate i think hate starts with ourselves i mean i think i mean it's taught hate is taught you know your parents are like don't like that kind of person or don't do this type of thing and you go yeah that's you know so we got to stop teaching hate but hate comes from fear and fear is a primal instinct that we're born with. It's in the lizard part of your brain, the reptilian part of your brain. It's We used it to defend ourselves when we were cave people, you know? But guess what? We don't need that part of our brain anymore. I wonder if they'll eventually come up with something where it like suppresses that part of your brain. I mean, you'll be slow to respond, <laughs> but you won't have hate, hopefully. Just all this stuff that's happening with like all the shootings and stuff, it's like fucking nuts. Maybe we just got to stop selling guns to crazy people. 
It's like if a guy comes in and he has like he's missing an eye or like he he looks intense, like don't sell him a gun. Are there any things that you have to go through before you get a gun anyway? Or can you just be like, I need one? And they're like, here you go. You should be able, you should have to do like an American Ninja Warrior type of thing that you have to go through before you're allowed to purchase a gun. You know what I mean? And you should be like, do you like this kind of person? Look at this photo. What do you see? And if they say anything hateful, it's like, you're not allowed to have a gun, buddy. I don't know how people could do it. The, the, the worst thing I've ever done was, I told this story when we tried to do it with a guest, but the worst thing I've ever done is my sister and I, we didn't know about lightning bugs in Brazil. We didn't have that. We came to America and we figured out lightning bugs were a thing, which they're magical. They're so beautiful. It's like, ah, their butts just light up. They just have a highlighter butt. That's such a cool. Do you think that other bugs are jealous of lightning bugs? They wake up and they're like, your butt lights up. I don't do any of that. Anyway, my sister and I saw all these lightning bugs and we were like, ding, what if we like gathered a bunch of them, like hundreds of lightning bugs and just release them in the bathroom? It would be like a light show. You know what I mean? It would just be like a, a beautiful light show and we're gathering them. We're putting these them in these like big cups, you know, and, and then we release them and then we realize like, how the fuck are we getting these bugs out of the bathroom? How are we doing that? So then we just had to murder a bunch of these lightning bugs and I feel like anything bad that happens to me is karma from that one thing that happened. <laughs> like, remember when kids would take magnifying glass and like burn ants? I could never do it. I always give personality to things, like everything. I'm over empathetic about everything. Like, even sometimes when I choose to not wear a shirt, I'm like, hey, buddy, I'll wear you another time. That's not fighter mentality. I can't have that. I got to grow a pair of pussy balls. Pussy balls. It's the next big thing. Do people, you know, I know a lot of people can still be born with a pussy and a dick, which incredible. But like, I wonder if people get, like if a woman has ever been born with balls. Hmm. I feel like I want to do this thing that's like thoughts, you know, like thoughts with Jade. Are any women born with balls? If so, let me see. <laughs> I'm so curious. I want to see all that stuff. I want to see like... I'm so fascinated about genitals and people who are able to just like show them and not care. Like, how do you not care? Is there a pill I can take? If there was like a don't care pill or is that just called drugs? Is that why people feel drugs or take drugs because they don't want to feel anything? So I think a lot of my, uh, my weird childhood development happened from like doing things way too early before I was supposed to. The, my very first kiss was when I was seven. I was still in Brazil. I was with a kid named Alex. That's creepy that I still remember that. And I remember he was like, we're going to kiss at lunch. And I was like, oh, what? So then we went, went around, like we went around the playground and I went in and I closed my mouth and he opened his mouth. And so when we kissed, it was like, it was horrible. And I felt him like lick. Like, I don't remember a lot from when I was seven, but I remember that. And he just like scarred me. And then he told everybody that I like was a bad kisser. And it's like, how are you supposed to be a good kisser? Your first kiss. What are you practicing on? Besides like your pillow and stuff. You can't help that. And then later in life, when I went to hit my first bong, like I was with my sister and a bunch of like older dudes. And I went and I went to put my whole mouth around the bong. I was like, ah, I was going to like resuscitate the bong back into life. And my sister was like, gee, no. Can you imagine if I would have done that? The nicknames. I guess they wouldn't have been that mad. 
that bad. Like she tried to deep throat a, a, a bong. Remember when you used to make your own gravity bongs? Like people never do that anymore. It's so crusty. Like you used to take one of those big things of Coke and just like cut it and then put it in the sink in like dirty water and be like, I forgot my personality. Ah, fun. Weed's the best. Weed is the best, but I miss when weed was not legal because that shit is expensive now. Anybody else? Damn, I am spending so much money on weed. I write it off because I'm like, I can't be creative without this stuff. But it's like the packaging is so overdone. There's so much plastic being wasted. We were talking about this the other day when I did Getting Doug with High. Little shout out to Doug Benson. I love you. Um, like the packaging is so hard to open. Okay, why? I understand that you need to make it childproof because it looks like candy and like we don't want kids to do a whole like Tide Pod thing again. You know, remember when kids were eating like Tide Pods? Don't eat detergent, okay? Um, but like you're providing stoners with these packages that they can't open. Like I'm ripping these, trying to rip these things open with my teeth. And also now there's so many fancy brands of weed. By the way, there's a lot of women in weed, which is red. Like the packaging never says whether it's like sativa or indica. It just says like herbal farms or whatever the name is. And you're just like, make it easier for potheads to get your product and to open your product and to figure out what kind of strain it is. It's too difficult. And I knew I do Nug Club now, which is like a great thing. I'm not, I don't work for them. I mean, I wish I did, but you know, you get like a box of stuff and I feel like it's Christmas every time it arrives. I mean, I go through it way too quickly, you know, but just exciting to feel something but we would I would love to have like a weed sponsor where I just get free weed like I miss going to my guy you know just getting a bunch of weed like feeling sneaky about it and have you ever gone to the airport with weed by accident and then you're just sweating and you're freaking out I had a really crazy night in New York and I like had a lot of drugs in my pocket and I didn't realize until I was like through security that they were like in my back pocket. And then I threw them out. Like I had already gone through the point where I could have gotten them taken away, but I got so nervous and I'm such a fucking square pussy that I just was like, ah, I better throw them out. Maybe we shouldn't say pussy anymore because like when I'm like, maybe we should be like, I was a pussy and that was like a good thing. Like go, yeah, be a pussy today. And you're like, yeah, I'm a pussy today. Pussy is such a fun word to say. I hate when people tell me that I can't say it. Like the most offensive word you can call someone is a cunt, right? Maybe that's the thing. All our connotations with female things are negative. You're a cunt. You're a bitch. You're a pussy. Those are all putting us down. Maybe we take that power back and we're like, you're being a cunt. And you're like, yeah, I'm being a cunt. That's why I love being in Australia because they call each other cunts all the time. Just cunt, cunt, cunt. Like I heard an entire conversation in Australia where they're like, yeah, you cunt, you're a cunt, you're a cunt. And they were like having a real deep conversation. <laughs> you're a sick cunt. You're a sick cunt. Australia is the best. Man, Australia is the best. I really got into this one podcast called Teach is Pate. You guys should listen to it if you haven't. It's brilliant. I love murder mysteries, like every woman out there. But uh, it was happening in real time about these two brothers that um, they both played. Uh, fuck, what's the Australian version of football called? 
what's it called? Rugby. They both played rugby and they were like big deal rugby players, but they were also teachers. And basically they find out that these teachers were like grooming these students. It was like a whole other scandal besides the other fact that he murdered his wife, like clearly murdered his wife and like buried her in the yard and was like, she left us. (laughs) But the podcast is so brilliant and it's really dark and you know, he's like, you're really into it. And he's like, but then he just like has to do his branding, you know, and his like sponsorship. So he's like, murder scary. You know what else is scary? Building your own website. <laughs> Use Squarespace and you could murder the competition. And you're like, I'm on to you, bro. Okay. Just because you said it with the dark music behind you. I get what you're doing. But it doesn't get any better than Australian eek, see? Neva, Eva, Eva, Neva. That's my favorite word. You know, you have like always a word that gets you to do an accent. In New York, it's like, I'm walking here. That's so cheesy. That's the New York accent. I'm walking here. So fun to do. The Boston one is like, yeah, I got something in my ear. And that's why I don't do impressions, you guys. You know what I mean? That's why I never got into that. I don't know. Sometimes when people do impressions, it makes me uncomfortable. I get a little bit uncomfortable because it's like half of the time, I don't even know who they're doing. I'm like, ha, ha, ha. I don't know why people are always so fascinated by them. I'm like, you're just doing a voice. But I get it. When people are really good, it's like, it's impressive. But half of the time, it's just really embarrassing. See, so it it could be harder than doing stand-up. You could could also want to be an impressionist, and that's doubly as hard. (laughs) But it's just fun to do something where it's just not about you. You know, acting is so much more of a relief than comedy. With comedy, you have to use every little bit of your vulnerability and things about your life and with With acting, you can just pretend you're somebody else. I never understood why acting was hard for people. It's like a total escape for me. I'm like, oh, I get to take a break from my own goddamn brain for one day? Let's do it. And it's pilot season right now. Even when this episode comes out, it'll be the end of pilot season. And, you know, everybody will be feeling like shit because guess what? There's only like a few pilots that you can book. And so this whole journey is about me figuring out how have some value from my life and the people around me and not from my work. Well, guys, this has been fun. Look, I'm ranting. None of this makes sense. I'm going to do a little bit more of an outline for the next one. I promise. I'm not going to do it. Um, But thank you guys for supporting and listening. Please do all the good things. Join the Patreon page. I'm going to be doing a lot of really fun, weird behind the scenes. You know, it's not professional for me to have an OnlyFans, so I'm just going to treat it like it's my OnlyFans. It's going to be a lot of pictures of my boyfriend doing push-ups and stuff. So if you're into that, no, I'm kidding. Um, And, you know, subscribe on all the the things you can subscribe on. And thank you so much. You got jaded. Bye. Jaded. Mano, vamos ficar jadeada. Ah, vamos lá. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. 
After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. 